You are listening to the Forgotten News Podcast. But before we begin, here are a couple of other podcasts that we think you should try. Unequal is not the hype. It's the real deal. The warriors from Unequal Research talk to people and discuss the issues. We try to present an unbiased picture of things that are going on in this world. We provide you with contextual information on where a thing may have originated, if possible, so that history can help us understand how we got where we are. Our commitment to you is that we will always provide you with information you may not have had. We invite you to journey with us and expand your thinking or expand ours. So join Karen, Quinn, and Jennifer as we go down the rabbit hole for you and get down and dirty with the ugly truths of inequality. We can't look away from the world's brokenness and expect it to get better. Come along with us on our quest to enlighten, enliven, and equalize the world. Hi, I'm Michael, host of the Murder Mile True Crime Podcast, which was nominated as one of the best British true crime podcasts of 2018, is based on my five-star rated guided walk, and features more than 300 untold, unsolved, and long-forgotten murders, all set within one square mile of London's West End. So if you love hearing about new cases for the first time, old cases through a fresh pair of ears, and classic cases with a twist, all researched using the original declassified police investigation files, written using first-hand accounts, and recorded using authentic sounds from the murder location itself, then Murder Mile is just for you. Download the Murder Mile True Crime Podcast on iTunes, Acast, or your favourite podcast platform every Thursday. Thank you for listening, and stay safe. Welcome to the Forgotten News Podcast. This is your window to hear true stories from long ago. Stories that once made headlines. Stories that people thought would be unforgettable. Yet those stories were soon lost in the sands of time or were buried deep in the dustbin of history. In this podcast, we shake off the sand and dust from those stories and share them here with you, as fresh as the day they were first told. And now, here's your hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 26 of the Forgotten News Podcast. My name is Kit. My name is Jim. And this is our St. Valentine's episode. Happy St. Valentine's Day, everybody. Although, 
Just so you know, this episode is being recorded about two weeks before St. Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, well. But it's the thought that counts. And the thing that we are thinking about on this episode is love. Love, love, love. And nothing except love. And with that in mind, we wish we had a way to give a hug and a great big kiss to all of our listeners. Because together, you have given this podcast over 20,000 downloads in the short year and a half that the show has been in existence. But since we don't have any way to make a personal visit to each of you, <laughs> we will simply say thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Oh my gosh, that is definitely the truth. And especially to our regular listeners, we love you guys so much. It takes a lot of work to put our episodes together. You really have no idea. And it is definitely your support that makes it all worth doing. Absolutely. 100%. Now, since this is our St. Valentine's episode, and because St. Valentine is practically a synonym for love... Our featured story on this episode is going to be a love story. Well, it's more like a puppy love story. Personally, I call that love spelled L-U-V, not L-O-V-E. But that's just my opinion. You, our listeners, may feel differently. <laughs> On this episode, we will feature a story about two teenage couples approximately 130 years ago who ran away from their homes in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Cleveland, Ohio, a distance of nearly 140 miles or 225 kilometers in hopes of eloping. And even though this story is the centerpiece of our theme of love on this episode, we think there is still a need for a bit of a warning for our listeners in regard to this story. And Kit will give that to you now. Warning. The featured story on this episode revolves around the adventures or perhaps misadventures of a group of two juvenile couples in the year 1890. These girls and boys ran away, many miles away, when they learned that grown-ups were making decisions that would end their respective romances and their hope for marriage. The story will be told exactly as it was reported in newspaper reports at the time. Now, this is mostly a lighthearted story, but since very bad things can happen to children who run away, this story might possibly cause some listeners to have a negative or upset reaction. And if that is the case, then this episode might not be something that you should listen to. Finally, since you have now heard the basics of the featured story, Parental discretion is advised, 
in regard to whether it is suitable for children or not. Now, before we move on, I'm going to cut in for just a moment to let our listeners know that on this episode, there will be no police blotter and court news segment, because instead, we are going to be giving shout out to every listener who has recently left a review for the podcast. But before we begin our story, we are going to take a quick moment for a short announcement. We would like to invite all listeners who have anything that you want to advertise to do it with us. For example, it can be a business, an organization, a product, a service, or an event. So just send us an email and make an offer. ForgottenNewsPodcast at gmail.com And together, let's see what we can do. Listeners, that was quick, wasn't it? (laughs) I told you it would be short. Hey, have I ever lied to you? Hmm? Nope. And I'm not going to start now. (laughs) So, with all that having been said, on with the show. Our story begins 128 years ago in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Well, sort of in Pittsburgh. (laughs) You know what, listeners? I'm just going to stop talking (laughs) and let our guest narrator tell the story exactly the way it was reported in the newspaper and by the Associated Press. The Cleveland Plain Dealer, September 10th, 1890. The headline reads, Double Elopement. Subheadlines. The four Pittsburgh children found in a lodging house. Love maidens of 15 and 13 and their lovers of 16 years. Their money is exhausted and the young folks are awaiting advice from home at the Central Police Station. Two couples of the extremely youthful elopers from Pittsburgh were found by the police Tuesday morning in a lodging house at 2 Howe Street. They had been stopping at the place since Saturday and had run out of funds. The leading spirit in the elopement seems to have been Mamie O'Neill, an Irish Catholic girl of 15 years, whose home is at 39 3rd Avenue in Pittsburgh. Mamie is an orphan and is living with her mother's relatives. The young woman was to have been sent to a convent in that city last Friday by the priest in charge of her parish. Mamie had become attached to Frank Levi, a boy of 16 years who lives at 303 Rebecca Street in Allegheny, but whose father owns a bookstore at 900 Liberty Street in Pittsburgh. It was at the bookstore that they have become acquainted. 
and it was shortly after the convict project was broached to her that she and frank made plans to run away together mamie has a girlfriend sadie caddy who lives at 15 penn avenue and to whom she had confided her plans sadie was at once taken with the idea she told mamie that she was desperately in love with irving hagman a boy of 16 years who lives at 10 Diamond Street. Irving seems to have had an equal degree of affection towards Sadie and has expressed his willingness to be among the party. They boarded the train together and came directly to the city. They wandered the streets for most of the day until, finally, they were directed to the lodging house by a helpful citizen. The boys had told the landlady that they were orphans, and the girls were their sisters. The girls were given a room together upon the upper floor, and the boys occupied one on the lower floor. They have remained there ever since. The boys sought to attain work, but have failed so far. The young people were brought to the attention of the police by a citizen who had observed their strange actions, and in the afternoon, they were taken to the central police station. Frank Levi who appears to be the master of ceremonies, was questioned by Sergeant Bradley. He gave the police the foregoing description of the chain of events. The children's relatives were immediately notified by the police of their whereabouts. The youthful elopers were then detained at the station to await an answer from them. Mamie O'Neill wept bitterly at the idea of being returned home. Sadie Caddy soon joined her in sympathy. The boys were just as downcast, but held up more bravely. The girls were taken last night to a Catholic orphanage, the House of the Good Shepherd, by Lieutenant Koch. The boys were detained in the jail. The entire quartet appeared to be quite lovesick, notwithstanding their tender years. Mamie is a rather dark-complexioned young girl, with a face suggested of much romantic reading. She declared last night, I will never go back to Pittsburgh. But after being given her dinner, Mamie became less downcast, and she talked freely to reporters in a self-confident manner as she happily described how the elopement was planned and carried out. It was so romantic. It was like being in a fairy tale. My sweetheart, Frank, he put a ladder up to my room, under the window, and that was the way I left with him on that night. So, after that, we walked to Sadie's house, and as soon as we reached her corner, we saw Sadie leaving, through her window, down a ladder her sweetie was holding for her. Then, then we took a carriage and went to the train station. <laughs> Amy and Sadie are both dressed in the fashion of schoolgirls coming from poor families. Levi is well-dressed and is apparently more experienced in the ways of the world than his companions. He has an aptitude for smoking cigarettes and thinks he can raise a mustache. Levi appears older than he says he is. A police officer happened to discover the young people while talking to the landlady as part of the search for a little girl who was missing from her home on the west side of Cleveland. All four denied having run away, 
but instead continued to pretend that each boy was accompanied by his sister. It was only after persistent questioning that Levi admitted the fact. Lady Caddy wrote to her sister yesterday, addressing her as Mrs. M. Brown, 16 Diamond Market, Pittsburgh. This article was followed by an update published in the same issue that had been sent by telegraph from a reporter in Pittsburgh. Special Dispatch from Pittsburgh Mamie O'Neill, who ran away last Thursday from Pittsburgh to Cleveland to elope, seems to be the leading spirit of the party. Her mother died about 18 months ago, yet her father, it is said, will do nothing for her. Mamie is very bright, but small for her 15 years of age. She had made her home with Mrs. Hurd, a woman that made serious charges against saloon keeper John Stroop a short time ago and threw stones through the plate glass window of his swell establishment. Father Morgan Sheedy of St. Mary of Mercy Catholic Church was interested in the welfare of Mamie as she attended his church and school. He told her last week that she would need to leave Mrs. Hurd's place and that he would secure a good home for her, but that, for a short time, she would have to live at the Catholic home for working girls. This seemed to have frightened Mamie, and shortly after this conversation, she began secretly plan the elopement. Father Sheedy said that Mamie was a good girl and that he was surprised at her behavior. He also knew Sadie Caddy, and he looks upon the whole affair as a piece of childish folly. Mamie became acquainted with the boy, Frank Levi, while she was working at a candy store. The father of the boy, Mr. Ed Levi, has told the police that he would do nothing for him. He said the boy was often disobedient, but not a bad boy by nature. Frank told his mother last Thursday that he was going to Cleveland to look for work. He asked her for a dollar, which she refused to give him. No one knows Irving Hagman at the address given for him. Sadie Caddy is 13 years of age. She never played with other children in the neighborhood, but went off with Mamie O'Neill when she could get away from home. Mrs. Caddy said tonight, I guess it is my Sadie, but I have not heard from her or seen her for a week. She went last Thursday to see her aunt in Cleveland. But I received a letter today stating that she's not been there. She has been going with Mamie O'Neill ever since she's been able to walk. I had forbidden her to go with Mamie, but she would not obey. Sadie's brother went to Cleveland tonight to bring her back home. Mrs. Caddy said she will make it hot for the boys who induced the girls to run away. Mrs. Hurd with whom Mamie has been living, at her residence, which is above a rather shady saloon, has a large quantity of booze on the premises. She refused to answer questions from reporters once she learned their mission. She threatened to rip the neck of any reporter who did not promptly go away. The police in Cleveland are awaiting the actions of the parents. This article was followed up by another story the next day. The Cleveland Plain Dealer, September 11, 1890. The headline reads, 
the young Pittsburgh elopers. The brothers of Mamie O'Neill and Sadie Caddy. The Pittsburgh girls who ran away from home last Thursday and came to Cleveland with Frank Levi and Irving Heyman arrived in town on Wednesday morning to take the girls home. Levi is still at the police station, and Hagman, who disappeared before the arrest, has not yet turned up. Mamie O'Neill was, was quite willing to return home, and she was even inclined to be affectionate at the sight of her brother. Sadie Caddy, however, took the matter rather coolly. Both girls and their escorts left for Pittsburgh shortly after 12 noon. A telegraph was received from Levi's father saying that money had been sent to him and asking whether he would be released. The police replied that they had no charge against the boy. And that is the end of our story. Because, unfortunately, there was no additional news or update that was ever published. Mmm, young love. A perfect Valentine's story. So sweet. <laughs> well, it was a very sweet story. But, like I said a little earlier in the episode, it is actually a perfect example of puppy love. L-U-V. <laughs> However... Even taking that into account, it was still a very sweet story. Jim, by any chance, do you know what happened to any of those kids? Well, I did a little bit of digging on the people in the story. And here's what I found out. The quote-unquote elopement was the first and last time that Mamie, Sadie, Frank, or Irving were ever mentioned in any newspaper article, either in Pennsylvania or Ohio. But because I was still curious, I took a look at the U.S. Census. Mamie, Frank, and Irving were all listed in the 1880 Census, which is a good starting point for verifying their ages and other information as far as identity and other family members. We don't know if Mamie, Frank, Irving, or Sadie were in the 1890 census because the Pennsylvania records were all destroyed in a fire accident in 1920. Now, you might remember from the story, Sadie and Irving were boyfriend and girlfriend and that they were desperately in love. Well, in 1903, there was a marriage, but not between Irving and Sadie. Irving married a girl named Prusser, P-R-E-U-S-S-E-R. -S -S but I was unable to find her first name. Unfortunately, in the marriage records, only her initials are given, which are M-R. And after that, neither one of them shows up in the U.S. Census for any year, ever again. Sadie, by the way, is one of those rare people who comes from a family that never shows up in any census for any year, no matter how hard you look or what variations of spelling you use for the name of the family. People like this are the human equivalent of unicorns. <laughs> it is so frustrating 
when this happens while doing research on some person in a newspaper story. <sighs> Frank Levi shows up in the 1900 and 1910 census, but not in any census after that. Now, as far as I can tell, he and Mamie did not stay together as a couple, since there is no marriage record for either one of them, ever. Frank enlisted as a soldier in World War I in 1918. Perhaps he didn't come home from the war, and that is why he is not in any census after 1910. Mamie is another unicorn. <laughs> she is not in any census after 1880, and I could not find any other information about her after 1890. I think that was the most frustrating part of this research for me, since she was the ringleader of the entire chain of events in the story. But I have a feeling she had a very interesting life. We just don't have any way to know what it was. Oh, that's too bad. However, before we move on, we definitely want to give an enormous thanks to our lovely narrator of the featured story and the guest voices for Mamie O'Neill and Sadie's mom. So take a bow and tell our listeners all about yourself. I'm Kathy Obyshevsky, and I'm an aquatics manager at Case Western Reserve University, and I'm also a knitter, and I have an Etsy shop at Catnits for Brains. Thank you. Hello, I'm Skitty and I'm a freelance voice artist. If you like to use my voice on your podcast, radio show, audio drama, commercial, or etc., please feel free to give me a shout at skitty.fsa at gmail.com. That's the word kitty with an S at the start. So, S-K-I-T-T-Y, followed by a dot, and then the letters F-S-A at gmail.com. No spaces or hyphens, and that's it. I hope to hear from you soon. Thank you. This is Sinead, genuine Irish person and law nerd, and host of Mens Rea, a true crime podcast. Thank you, everyone. Definitely. Many, many thanks to everyone. Now, let's move on to our next segment, which is listener reviews, and hopefully our listeners have given us some love. <laughs> now, listeners, as promised on our previous episode, we are now going to give shout-outs to everyone who recently left a review on iTunes for the Forgotten News podcast. But... First, we would like to apologize for the fact that we haven't given any shout-outs on any of our more recent episodes. We're really sorry about that. We just get so busy with doing research and writing scripts and recording stories, it just gets past us. So on this episode, we will be including all past reviews that we have gotten from anywhere in the world since the last time we did a listener review segment. And that will be all reviews from August 1st, 2018, up through to now. 
I'll read them in chronological order. In other words, based on the date that they were posted on iTunes. So let's start with the first review, which is a five-star review from the Sip and Shine podcast. The title of the review is My Favorite with an exclamation point. So cute. And this is what it says. Quote, I love history, but sometimes it can be challenging to find shows that keep me engaged rather than a book report. This by far is not that. An original format and truly overall enjoyable. Unquote. Thank you so much for that review. We like to keep people entertained and engaged, so I'm glad that it comes through in our work and that you enjoy it. Carrie, who is the host of the Sip and Shine podcast, is also a friend of our show. In fact, she was the narrator on one of our first police blotter segments. Her show, the Sip and Shine podcast, covers true crime and paranormal topics, Unfortunately, it is currently on an extended break while Carrie recharges her batteries. However, all of her previous episodes are still online. It's a really interesting and funny show. So give it a listen. The next review is from the Good Nightmares podcast, which is based in Australia. The title of the review is Golden Oldies. It is also a five-star review. Yay! And this is what it says. The Forgotten News podcast does a great job of covering older and often lesser-known cases. Lovely hosts, always happy to interact on social media. Definitely makes for a really engaging experience. Thank you so much for taking the time to review. I'm glad that we can bring a little bit of history to the present that people aren't often aware of. I'm blushing, lovely hosts. I'll take it. Jim is the one who runs social media, and he really is the best, isn't he? Sarah, the host of the Good Nightmares podcast, is a truly awesome person. Her show covers everything from true crime to ghost stories and the origins of fairy tales. You will learn something new on every episode, so be sure to give it a listen. Our next review is from someone who posted under the anonymous name Nullity. 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 The title of the review is so corny. It is a two-star review, and this is what it says. Quote, I couldn't even get through even the intro of several episodes, unsubbed and fast, fake voices, and relies heavily on sound effects over content. Unquote. Hmm. How to respond? How to respond? Huh. So, thanks for taking the time to give us a try. Of course, not everyone likes the same thing, but I will assure you that all of our voices are real. Let me just check my heartbeat. We do have guest voices, either as storytellers or sometimes for quotes, and those aren't fake voices either. They simply enhance the telling of the story, because our stories are nearly always too old or too obscure 
for there to be an audio recording of anyone mentioned. Well, I'm sorry you don't like us, but good luck finding another one. Our next review is from Jennifer Sandwich. The title of the review is like an old-timey radio show. It is also a five-star review. Woohoo! And this is what it says. Quote, just listen to the Suicide Saloon episode. This is so much like an old-time radio show. I love the acting bits woven in with the narrative. And I've never heard this story before. The history is fascinating. Unquote. We are so glad that you liked this episode. I am so appreciative of the fact that you like the little acting bits within the narrative. I think they're so cool too. Thank you so much for this review. Jennifer is the co-host of the Yikes Murder and Stuff podcast. It is a comedy-themed true crime show. It is extremely funny, but definitely not in a dumb or stupid way. But please be aware, unlike our show, you'll hear swears. And sometimes even a lot of swears. <laughs> However, we'll actually learn a few things because it is a very insightful podcast. So check it out. Our next review is from Foggy Star. The title of the review is Skip It. It is a one star review. Hmm. This is the very first one star review that this podcast has ever gotten. Hey, <laughs> a lot of podcasters say that the way that you finally earn your spurs is when you get your first one-star review. And that actually makes sense if you really think about it. That is when you, as a podcast host, consider the fact that some random listener actually took the time to log on to iTunes, search for this podcast, then decided to leave a bad review. Okay, well, let's see what constructive criticism this person wrote. Here is the review. Blah. Yes, that is the entire review. Thank you for that, uh, comment? <laughs> Our final review is from Trivia Check. The title of the review is My Favorite Podcast with an exclamation point. It is also a five-star review. <sighs> and here is the review. Quote, I wonder if I am your only listener that is a teenage girl. I have loved discovering and learning quirky trivia from history since I was in the third grade. I'm currently a junior in high school. I listen to a lot of podcasts that feature strange or obscure stories from history, but this show is my favorite because the stories are always something that I have never heard of, and the topic of any given episode is completely unexpected. Anything from tragic to hilarious to inspirational to totally weird and everything in between. I love the voices and chemistry of the hosts. My favorite is Kit, because she is an awesome storyteller. I can literally visualize 
the story unfolding as she speaks. Unquote. Trivia Chick, thank you so much for the review, and I am so happy that I can help bring these stories to life for you. I'm so glad that you enjoy my and Jim's chemistry. I love the fact that we can bring these pieces of history to the listeners. And as far as I know, you're the only high schooler that listens to the show. (laughs) You never know, though. We have now reached the end of our reviews and shoutouts for anyone who gave us a review over the past few months. So thank you again to everyone who has previously given us a review. And if you are someone who is sweet enough to give us a review in the future, I love you. (laughs) Thanks so much in advance. Thank you, kid. And thank you, everyone who left a review. And speaking of reviews, be sure to go to iTunes today and leave a review for the Forgotten News Podcast. It only takes a minute and it really helps us out. But only leave five star reviews, please. (laughs) So thanks in advance for your ratings and reviews. Please follow the Forgotten News Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. We also have email. Our email address is ForgottenNewsPodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to type that as all one word. Please feel free to email us about anything because we love our listeners. We love all of you. And we love you with real love, not L-U-V. Please feel free to use any of those methods to interact with us. If any of our listeners would like to follow or contact me on Twitter, my handle is at KitKaren, spelled K-I-T-C-A-R-E-N, as if it were all one big word. And after you do that, (laughs) be sure to check out my new side gig podcast, Whispered True Stories. You will hear me tell mysteries and stories of true crime, but entirely in whisper. You can find it on nearly every podcatcher and listening app in the universe. Whispered True Stories. Finally, we will, as usual, give a shout out to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for the music used on this episode. And freesound.org for the sound effects. I think that is pretty much everything for this episode. I think so, too. So, with that being said... Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Happy St. Valentine's Day. Definitely. Happy St. Valentine's Day. And remember, history is no mystery. Thank you for listening to the Forgotten News Podcast. You will now be returned back to the present day, and we hope that we can count on you to join us for our next episode.
You know that you're falling in love when the feeling of falling actually feels more like you're floating.